Hello and welcome to episode one of SMPD. Uh, if you're hearing this, then it means it was a success. We're not quite sure at this point. Um, for those of you that don't know us, I'm Chris. I'm Mark. Uh, we do also record the Who Wins podcast on a monthly basis, so you may have heard us there. Uh, but if not, welcome. And if not, why not? Yeah, go and listen to Who Wins, come back. It's a good primer for this show, really. So. Yeah, we won't leave you behind. But uh, yeah, if you want to go back and listen to all the episodes of our other show, it's uh, ddpodcast.net. You'll find us on that. Early plug, well done. We normally <laughs> save that till the end. So. Uh, okay, so kind of the, the premise of this show, really, uh, if you're hearing it, is that um, over the course of Who Wins, we have talked in great depth about many of the cartoon shows that we grew up watching on Saturday mornings. Uh, unfortunately, the format of that podcast doesn't really allow us to dive into those with, with any kind of depth. I say doesn't allow us, we do, yeah. um, and frequently go off topic. So we thought, hey, why not just actually make a podcast about those Saturday morning shows that we used to watch? Uh, so that's what you're listening to. Uh, the first episode, we're going to look at Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Uh, the 1983, I think, it first launched. It was, show. it is. Yeah. And it was the first... Uh, show really from the Dick stable, which yes. gave me endless hours of amusement as a child. Yeah. Um, so it's primarily a French-Canadian production. Yeah, um, I said we'll, we'll come on to it in more detail. I, I, I loved Inspector Gadget as a kid, um, and to a point where always being tall, it was because of my Google Gadget legs. Um, wasn't because I was a freak of nature. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it was something that always, um, always resonated with me. It was always a show that I loved. Um, and obviously growing out of it so as, as I got older but then hadn't realised until we started researching this how many iterations there were and how many reboots they've done and how many sort of spin-offs and sideshows they've done and just sort of over the course of the last couple of weeks looking into this it's been really good to go back to those old episodes yeah um, it was Inspector Gadget was a, was a constant for me I think throughout my early childhood it was one of those shows that I can't say I was like a massive fan of I wouldn't be like oh it's Saturday Inspector Gadget's going to be on this morning but it was just always on. Um, and it was never a disappointment either. It wasn't as, oh, fuck, Inspector Gadget's on. No, no, no. It was always, I mean, the, the theme, it was one of those where you hear the theme and you get excited. I mean, yeah. The theme is, is incredible. Uh, it's one of the best, I think, to be honest. Exactly. We all know it. I mean, everybody listening to this now can hear the Inspector Gadget theme in their head, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, if you can't, we'll play it at the end just to really fuck you up. We've over. probably played it already. <laughs> <laughs> if not then we will definitely play it at the end. Um, but yeah, it was it was just always on. It jumped around channels a lot, I seem to remember. I don't ever actually recall watching Inspector Gadget on a specific channel, uh, certainly in, not here in the UK. It must least. have been on ITV in the UK because we never really did BBC Kids TV. Um, so yeah. it must be on ITV at least at some point. I know it was on Sky. I was going to say, I remember it being on DJ Cat at one point. Mm. Um but it was, I mean, part of the history of the show, as I said, it's the first of these of these dick shows, well, not necessarily the first, but the first one that really caught on. Um, and it was actually a syndicated show. There were yeah. over two seasons. There were some 80-something-odd episodes. I think it's like that. I think, I think it was about 52, and then um, there were specials and things that went, yeah, yeah, they went along with it. So the actual episodes, I think there were two seasons of 26 each. But it, it just seemed, watching it, the show seemed endless. Like, yeah. I, it would constantly be on... And I can't ever remember watching the same. I mean, I'm sure I did see multiple oh, yeah. repeats, but I can never really remember watching repeated episodes of Inspector Gadget. No. But I mean, I think the thing with that, it would be difficult. I mean, having now gone back as, a, as an adult and watched some of them, it would be difficult to remember individual episodes because the story was always the same. Um, no, I mean, that's how kids shows work. 
it was ridiculously formulaic. Um, and like to the point, you had the same running gag every week with um, Chief Quimby getting blown up with the exploding paper. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's right there in the opening as well. Like Gadget throws the the message back in the safe, and the safe blows up. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you you knew what you were getting every week. So the the actual story of the week, it didn't really matter. Yep. And you never really got any sort of sense of well, it's not, it's a shit show because they're just repeating themselves every week. It, it was still interesting to watch because as as kids, that's kind of how things work. You just know you you you, you know what you like and you like what you know. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think there's a certain element, certainly um, our generation. Then I think as well, like cartoons on a Saturday morning were a constant, and some were better than others. Yeah, but you just watched them. If it was animated, you watched them. It was on. It was on. Yeah. You you were sat in front of the TV, and that was your babysitter for Saturday morning. Hmm. Simple as that. So when you got the cartoons that you really enjoyed, they kind of stood out from the crowd because there was so much noise there otherwise. Yeah. Uh, and Inspector Gadget was always one of those cartoons. Like I say, you, you hear the theme tune and, and it, it's visual style as well. I, I touched on it earlier on, but it was this French-Canadian co-production mm. with, with America and it definitely had that kind of garlic kind of feel to it. You look at the character design on Gadget, for instance, and yeah. it's got... This is horribly stereotypical, I know, but he's got the big nose and the wild hair, and he just looked very kind of French. Yeah, uh, that was that was the way he looked. And then the animation was outsourced to sort of uh, China and Japan and all those areas, which happened a lot at that time. Yeah. So you had this kind of cross-cultural kind of thing going on with it, and it did have this kind of unique look. And a lot of these, a lot of these dick shows kind of adopted that look and that style of animation. It was. It was kind of drop framed, so you wouldn't get the repeated frames like you got yeah. with Hanna Barbera. But then at the same time, the animation wasn't fluid in the same way that you would get from a Disney show or something yeah. like that, because they would skip frames every now and again, uh, primarily done to get it out the door as cheaply as possible. Yeah. So it definitely had its, especially because it was so early through the door, it had its own kind of look, and nothing else really looked like it. No, that's right. And I think even like with when they've recreated it and they've gone through the iterations in the sort of the nineties and even up to now, I think there was a new, uh, a new version in twenty fifteen ish. Yeah, Netflix picked it up. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, I, not so much with that one because it was more CGI, but the, certainly the earlier uh, the earlier spin offs they did, they all kind of carried that same look, and it was it just so it became it was an iconic part of the show. Is that as much as the characters and sort of the um, as of the gadgets and the the, the setting of it was just as important. There's, um, yeah, I mean, there's a gag in the pilot episode of the, the 2015 reboot where um, Gadget's going to get a new outfit and uh, they put him in this machine that tries all these, these new outfits on him and he gets like a superhero outfit and it's like, nah, that doesn't work. Then there's another outfit and another outfit and eventually he just ends up in his grey trench coat and hat again, yeah. just upgraded yeah. because that is that is how Gadget looks. And that's right, that's right. And I think that you... You never got him in anything different. Whereas, like we, when no, wherever they were, if if there was anything where they used to go underwater, like Penny and Brain would have scuba suits and shit. Gadget was always in a trench coat. Yeah, yeah, constantly. Yeah. Um, okay, so th that's our background with it, I guess. And I, I certainly came to. I can remember watching Inspector Gadget at a very early age. Yeah. And I, I don't think I can remember a time in my life when Inspector Gadget wasn't on the TV. If I'm honest, it was always accessible to me. It's not. Yeah. I mean, it's not something that came to you later on then. No, it's uh, for me, it's, probably, say, it's one of those things that it was on when I was a kid. I remember as a kid, and as I got older, I stopped watching it, but as far as I aware, it was still on, and it was still available. And then like they had, there was, I think there was an iteration in the late 90s before the Matthew Broderick film. There was an iteration in the end of the early 2000s. Um, they've, they've kept on making bits of it and, sort of different, and different offshoots, so it was always available in some format. 
Yeah, it's always been. I mean, certainly for me, it's it's culturally imprinted to a way in in a way that I'm sure some of the cartoons that we talk about over the course of this show aren't. I just yeah. remember them fondly. But Inspector Gadget is as a, a big cultural imprint with me. Like I will quite often just drop into phrase, "I'll get you next time, Gadget." It's just <laughs> become a thing with me. Like yeah. it's. But like, even as they're talking about sort of cultural appropriation, like even. Like my my parents are probably the least, or certainly when I was a kid, they were the least TV literate people I knew. Um, no, they they weren't interested in TV, and like no, now with the advent of like box sets and Netflix and shit like that, they've they've grown into it. But even like no stuff like that, like my my mother will refer to my father as Betty Gadget because he always has something you know, the, the the latest iPhone and the, the newest this and the newest that. And so even to that point, it's it's just become it's embedded in in everything that people don't also understand. You might not use it all the time, but. You know, that's a sudden you you can refer to that. You can call back to something that and people will know what it is. People yeah. will recognize it. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, and because it's been kept so relevant with constant reboots as well, I think that has just kept the character fresh. And so you you can literally say, you know, you can mention Inspector Gadget in the same sort of respect that you would mention, say, He Man or Optimus Prime or yeah. something like that. This is a character that people will know yes. from this cartoon. Um, and I mean, part of that, I think, is is down to, as I say, the, the design, and he had his very specific look. And I think part of it is just the sheer amount that it was on the telly. It was on all the time. Yeah. Um, so to get to get back to it then, when, when we look at the actual putting together of it, as I say, it was it was one of the first out of the dip stable. Um, I mean, it's when you look at it, it is credited as being developed by Jean Sharpin, uh, along with another... Well, another two or three guys as a team, but really the main force behind it, to my eye anyway, and this this is a name that will be heard a lot over this podcast, is Bruno Bianchi, who directed and produced a lot of the episodes, yeah. went on to work on a lot of these dick shows that, that looked in a similar fashion. So, I mean, just off the top of my head, he also did Jason the Wheel Warriors, which we've recently spent a hell of a lot of time talking about over on Who Wins. Uh, he also did episodes of Mask, which we've also <laughs> coincidentally just been talking about on Who Wins. Yeah. I mean, you might this, take up a theme. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who I think to a lot of people is, is probably unknown. Um, and when when you look at, I mean, Mark and I are, are both writers and filmmakers. And when you speak to people about their background in film, everybody can very quickly name a favourite director or somebody who's been influential. So, I mean, if you talk to me about film work... Straight away, I can say, yeah, well, Kevin Smith, for instance, is an influence, and I'm sure Mark would say the same. But these guys, particularly in these cartoons at the time, because they were cheap throwaway things for kids, or at least that's how they were seen, these guys didn't really get the credit they deserved. Um, and I think it's probably fair to say that, that Bruno Piaki probably had a bigger impact on my life than most of the directors I could name. Um, just when you look at his back catalogue of work, these are shows that shaped who I was as a child. Yeah, I mean, even like you look at them, um, say, it's better gadgets, probably his most notable work, but no, things like Heathcliff, um, which, no, um, what else we got, um, Rainbow Bright and stuff like that. It's, it's all stuff that was on constantly. If you were a child in the 80s, this guy is pretty much responsible for, I would say, 80%. <laughs> Of the stuff that you remember. That's right, and I, I've just real, I've just realised he did something I'd forgotten about, which was Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He directed that, which yeah, that that kind of made my childhood. Yeah, um, there you go. But yeah, and I mean, you no, know, he was still active up until the last thing he wrote was 2004, um, which he did uh, the Tofu's 
But he, he kept on with um, Inspector Gadget. He did Gadget and the Gadgetinis in 2002, which we'll come on to, which was um, a, an entirely French um, production. Uh, never showed, never aired in the US. Oh, right. Um, really yes, um, but yeah, so I mean, I said, this, this guy had a massive bearing on a lot of the things you have seen um, as a child. Certainly if you were a child in the 80s or even some, towards the end, to the end of the 80s, because stuff was still running then. Yeah, and, and so I I kind of see him really as, and especially when you look at what he did with those other shows as well, he really is the, the core creative force behind this. He directed quite a lot of the episodes. Um, I say directed, the, the thing with Inspector Gadget, um, even though there were some, however many episodes they were, they are all essentially identical. It yeah. is... <laughs> Every episode is kind of, I mean, as we would talk about in TV parlance now, you'd have a villain of the week or a monster of the week. Every time with Gadget, it would just be the same format. It would just be like, what are Claude doing this week? Well, if, uh, I've got Wikipedia open, um, just reading ahead. And under the premise section of Inspector Gadget, it says, almost every episode of the first season follows a set formula with little variation, though many of these elements were tinkered with in season two. <laughs> the beginning of each episode follows this pattern. Gadget, Penny, and Brain will be doing something together. A phone rings, which Gadget identifies as the top-secret Gadget phone. Gadget answers the call with his hand into which the Gadget phone is built. The calls consist mostly of the following conversation. Is that you, Chief? You're where? Right away. Gadget has a rendezvous with Chief Quimby, who is usually either hiding or in disguise. He receives a brief uh, containing his assignment, which ends with, This message will self-destruct. Gadget accepts the mission, usually with an exclamation, You can count on me. Don't worry, Chief. I'm always on duty. Then he crumbles the message up and tosses it back towards Quimby, apparently forgetting the self-destruct warning. The message blows up in Quimby's face, after which he usually asks himself, why do I put up with him? And then the episode starts. Yeah, and then, so, okay, so that's just the opening then, and yeah, obviously that, that's come from Wikipedia. But yeah, that is essentially how every episode would start. Like I say, the, the exploding um, messages, I remember quite well, because it's a big part of the of the theme team. Like, yes. Like Gadget crumbs up, throws it in the safe, and blows Quimby up. But even after that, the episode would just consist of Gadget bumbling around for the next kind of 15 minutes, while yeah. Brain would be kind of, Sort of spying on him, he would normally adopt a disguise. Yeah, like Bre Penny would be doing the actual detective work, and Brain would be keeping an eye on him to try and keep him out of trouble, but he usually get mistaken for a... Was it Mad? It's Mad, yeah. yeah. Um, mistaken for a Mad agent, to which point Gadget would then try and capture him or would try and sort of out him effectively. and never quite get away with it. He, he, Brain would always kind of get away. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was generally through some sort of way that he was using gadgets to chase brain, he would end up apprehending the criminal, oh, yeah. disarming whatever bomb or whatever it was, was going on. It was completely accidental, to a point where he usually didn't even know he'd done it. Yeah, whereas, as you say, Penny's actually... Penny's really the central character of this show, if we're honest, but she does all of the legwork. Yeah. she She's the actual hero. Yeah, and um, she's constantly in, t in contact with Quimby. Yeah, and she's kind of, from an audience perspective, she's sort of our way in as well, because yeah. she is just a normal kid who happens to have a super intelligent computer book yeah but and, and an uncle who's a cyborg well see this is the thing right gadgets origin is never really i think they touch on it in the film uh, which i've only seen once but i never ever want to watch again no but i seem to remember there was an origin story in the film yeah because like, he and claude had names and shit in the film, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, i never really talked to that but it's never really explained who gadget is or where he comes from because mm. like in theory when you look at the way the gadgets work he should have a a metal body yeah so he should, like he, he's a cyborg we know he's a cyborg but really speaking surely he should be an android yeah um, because because these is gadgets it, is it some sort of you know, Steve Rogers sort of uh... well I think that's what's intended but I think when you actually look at the 
the, the physicality of it, like the, okay, so the helicopter comes out of his hat. So you can understand that maybe that's packed into his hat and so his head could be human. But his arms and shit, that, that was him. Yeah, that that's him. The, the telescopic, like, they, they come out a bit like Dr. Octopus on these kind of metal telescoping yeah. rods. Yeah. So surely his fucking arms should be metal. Yeah. Surely. And, and there's no, when they extend out, there's no skin or anything covering them. No, they were just a, the grey with some lines, yeah. weren't they, to denote it was telescopic and it was kind of robotic. Yeah. I mean, same with the legs, you know, they would just spring. So, I, I mean... Yeah, because he had, he had extending legs and his shoes had springs so he could jump. Yeah, but his shoes also had like roller skates on. Yeah. Stuff. But again, you could put that down to, okay, that's packed into the shoes. Um, he had a gun in his finger, for instance. And the phone. And the phone, right? So when he wanted to shoot his gun, the top of his finger would pop off. That's right, it, it did. So it fall back, wouldn't it? So yeah. That, yeah. So that suggests that's not... His hand. That's not his hand. That's a robot hand. Or a really fucking awkward birth defect. So, yeah. Right? So, okay. So Penny refers to him as her uncle. Now, we never see appearance. Yeah. We never see any of Gadget's family. So, is he actually your uncle? Or... Is it a case of, like, he's an adult, so she calls him uncle? So I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of... I, I've thought about this a lot. Obviously not at the time, because yeah. when you're a child, you just accept these things. But I've thought about it a lot in preparation for this podcast. And I I kind of keep coming back to the thing that I almost think maybe Penny's actually created Gadget, because yeah. it seems to me like she would be intelligent enough to do so. Yeah, especially the fact that she had the, the computer book, and like, you know, she had a dog so well-trained, and um, she, she was solving all these crimes and shit. Yeah, and I, I'd not really given it, I'd not really thought of it in that respect. But you might well know. You might well be right because maybe I mean maybe she's an orphan and she just she built a family. She built a family. Yeah, that doesn't explain how he gets to become an inspector. Uh, although I guess even robots got to have jobs. I guess he could work his way up. I don't know. Maybe that was well, what he was designed for. You know, maybe you know, um, maybe that's the case of maybe that's where, where her relationship with the chief comes in. I will make you this inspector who will solve all your crimes. Not realising he's going to be fucking useless and she'd end up doing all the work herself. Yeah. I mean, it would certainly explain why he's so fucking useless as well. Because yeah, crap just... programming. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, Better than I could do, granted, but still. Yeah. But the, you, you've got the glitches. Like they, they try to iron those out in some future iterations of it, but certainly in the original, it'd be like Gogo Gadget stay, uh, skates and his, his hat would go off and, and um, things things wouldn't necessarily work in the order they were they're supposed to work in. And then um, yeah. maybe it wasn't miswiring, maybe it was poor programming. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the, the as I said, the overarching story of Inspector Gadget is not something that's ever really explored. It's very much week to week. Oh, yeah. And I, so, so this has never really been delved into, I don't think, on the show. No, and the same with um, Claw. When I come back to, to Claw, um, that's a, I'd imagine in quite a bit of depth. But yeah, again, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no, there's no, nothing really explains Mad and what they do. No. It's just they're a, a super secret criminal organization and every week they're up to something. Yeah, well, I mean, Claw, again, it's like, is the hand a gauntlet or is it a robotic hand? Because as a child, I always figured he had a robot hand. Yeah, because Inspector Gadget's a robot, so why wouldn't he be a... But then when you look at it, it's actually more like, because he, he's wearing, like, well, I assume he's wearing, it could be his skin, we never see his face, but he's always got a black arm as though he's wearing, yeah. like, a long black sort of like tunic. Yeah. Which kind of appears to go under his metal hand, hmm. which would suggest that it's actually a gauntlet rather yeah. than... And you never see him do anything with it, other than slap the desk at the end of the yeah. you know, at the end of the episode. I'll, I'll say I'll get you next time. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, look, we've talked when we talked about uh, masks and uh, stuff on the other podcast that um, 
uh, what were they called? Venom. Yeah. They were sh no, they were like a shit version of Spectre as much as their crimes were always really petty. Whereas you didn't get that with um, with uh, Mad and Claw. It, in the original in the original series, it was again he was very ambitious. He was always his crimes were very elaborate. They were very well thought out, and it was you no know, because of gadget bungling they didn't go correctly. And the intent was yeah, it was good. It was almost quite was, sinister. Well, I said good. The, the intent was, was horrific. Yeah, but he was but, a good villain in terms of yeah. like it was always like I'm going to blow up a city or yeah. I know. mean, it was always very sinister. And Stakes like, were high. That's it. And and as you got to later iterations, and we'll we'll cover it um, later on. But again, that kind of got watered down as well to a point where he was kind of just like a, a shit local criminal who was planning to knock over the local Seven Eleven. You know, it, it didn't really translate. I think that that was one of the things that it, it lost going forward. But that character, because the character was never explored, you never really knew anything about the organisation, you never knew about Claw himself, you never knew what really was going on or what was driving anything. You could get away with it being week to week, but looking at it now, you'd never get away with that. No, you wouldn't. I think uh, even children as an audience now are, are a lot more demanding. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they would... I mean, that's probably a result of our generation raising a generation that that is sort of taken their cues from us and we're able to look at it now as adults yeah. and go well you know we're looking for more in our narratives whereas our parents maybe television was still quite early to them and so the kind of narrative structure wasn't as sophisticated so we were quite happy to just sit there and watch Gadget bumble around for 20 minutes yeah. whereas if we sat down in front of that today and a good example of this is if you watch the um, 2015 show that's on Netflix of Inspector Gadget, there is a lot more structure. There is now an organisation that Gadget gets brought into because he has to come out of retirement. Mm. And Penny's given a more active role in that she's actually becomes his sort of second in command, like his assistant rather yeah. than just his his niece. Yeah, and they've done that in some of the other operations as well. Like the, She varies in age. Like, you know, I think she's 10 in the original series, she's 12 and something else, she's 16 and something else. And they've kind of, there was one where she was basically a trainee agent I think that might be Gadget the Gadgetini. She was, um, she was effectively, she was there training up to be the next, let the next mm. of, uh, generation of it, um, just without the cybernetics. Um, but yeah, so I mean, she's always kind of developed in that way, and I think she, throughout the various iterations, she's the only one who's actually evolved. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, but that comes back to, as I said earlier on as well, I kind of look on her as the main character of this show. Yeah, it's almost that kind of thing where. Um, with with Inspector Gadget, although the show is called Inspector Gadget, it's almost incidental to his own yeah. story. The actual story is always about Penny and Brain. And I think that's probably the, the, the way they, they'd have had to sell it because you, it would have been a very a very different sell and a very difficult sell to say, I've got this show about a girl and a dog who solve crimes. Yeah, I mean, at the time, uh, obviously, the early 80s, culturally, we were very different. And a show featuring a girl and a dog was not going to go over unless it was something like Rainbow Bright or She-Ra, which was aimed very specifically at girls. Yeah. Whereas think, Inspector Gadget is more, it, it's for both sexes, it was yeah. seen as. And not only that, I think, I mean, we've talked about this at length on and off air, um, but the 80s, t 80s kids TV, certainly cartoons, were predominantly based on toy sales. It was what we can sell. And having a show about a girl and the dog, you can't really... You can play with yeah. that, but you can't really. There's no gimmick to that. It's just you can have any number of dolls that will be the same. Whereas if you've got a car that turns into a robot, or you've yeah. got a man who can know his arms extend four times the length of his body, there's a gimmick there that you can actually make a toy out of that people will buy because of the gimmick. And I think that that was possibly part of the sell as well is that you, they needed Gadget as a character, 
as much as they as 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 much as he's he's incidental to the story, they needed the character in order to sell the spin offs and the merchandise. Yeah, I mean, I don't ever remember having an Inspector Gadget toy. There know, were so. action figures. I don't know if they ever sold here. I know they sold in the States. Um, but there were action figures. I remember seeing them online a couple of years ago. Um, how much they actually did, I don't know. I mean, it's you know, if you were having expanding arms and stuff, you'd presumably need some sort of reel to pull them back in, and then that would get broken very easily. And I mean, I guess it would be the old, like, pinch the legs together, and they'd come out a tiny little bit. Yeah, they'd mm. extend a little bit, but yeah. also not so much you'd notice, just enough to keep the kids happy. But, I mean... It, I can never remember having a toy, and I certainly think if there wasn't, there was, like there was a missed opportunity with the with his car. Yeah, because he had this fucking yeah, car into a helicopter, didn't there? Well, no, it was um, he had like a minivan type thing. Oh, like yes, a that's right. Van. Yes, and he'd push a button, and the whole and it would tra- it was like a transformer. It would transform it's, it's like a, like into a like a cruiser piece. sort of that's thing. Right. It was fucking awesome. Was some, I'm sure there was something that. Okay, those helicopter blades came out the top of it, or maybe that was Claw's car turned into something. I can't remember. Can't remember that. The only helicopter I can think of, which is which is arguably his best gadget, was the helicopter that came out of the hand. Yeah, those would hold onto handles and fly yeah, around. That's right. Yeah, I'm I'm remembering it. Helicopter like a rotor coming out of the top of something. I can't. I, I don't know. I watched a lot of TV. It's probably something else. <laughs> which I mean, again, you got a helicopter. I know it's a cartoon, but he has a helicopter that comes out of his hat. That is like an awesome weapon. And you never ever see him use it. As but such. You, you never really got him using weapons and such. Well, he had a gun in his finger. Yeah, but he, he kind of, it was one of those that the use was never. No, it was never. I'm going to shoot somebody. Or I'm going to use it. No. No, I'm going to use it in a shootout to defend myself. It was kind of. I guess it wasn't really that kind of cartoon. You know, it wasn't an action cartoon no. as such. It it's very much. There are elements of kind of action adventure, and I guess you could argue a little bit of sci-fi in there. But it was mostly like a comic show. It was about yeah. Gadget bumbling his way through whatever crime he's got to solve, yeah, and it, and somehow saving the day. It was a bit like um, in that respect. It was there was a um, again it came out of France. It was a a, um, a show called uh, Victor and Hugo, and they were basically the, they were the criminal version of Inspector Gadget. They would bumble through their crimes. And yeah, they, they, you know, they'd be robbing a museum, and they'd they'd rob the wrong thing. Yeah. So nobody was nobody was looking for the thing they were actually trying to steal. So then when they went back and actually stole the right thing, people were still looking for the original and things like that. And you you kind of got the impression that was their sort of thing that, that the whole thing was bumbling through, it and that was how they how they kind of sold that. And yeah, and they were, that was the same. It was always about they had a van and they hid them. They used to hide in the back of the van, and then like I say. They'd, but they'd, they'd, they'd arse their way through and they'd get away with it somehow. And it seems to be like Inspector Gadget seems to have been a forerunner for that. And there were, there were a few shows that came towards the end of the 80s and the early 90s that were like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, it was very much predicated on this is, here is this character who should be a hero and should be all of these things. How it, however, he is absolutely useless. And as you say, later on, we see that kind of trope work through a lot of these Saturday morning shows you think of things like Darkwing Duck and you had a similar kind of scenario yeah. where you had this alleged superhero who was absolutely completely useless you know, that that became an almost shorthand for a lot of these cartoons yeah. later on um, and I think you can really probably argue that Gadget was one of the first through the door with that or certainly to base it entirely around that yeah. concept anyway I'm sure as a character it was utilised certainly in film you can go all the way back to things like Cluso and yeah. things like that but I think in terms of a syndicated show then, and it's certainly an animated syndicated show, Gadget was probably the first through the door there. Yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, and I mean, that was one thing that bugged me with, uh, there were lots of things that bugged me with the film, um, the, the Matthew Broderick um, vehicle in, was it 99? 
um, is that they that key part of the character was taken away. He wasn't this bumbling, inept moron. Mm. He was actually quite capable and quite reliable. Yeah. Um, he, no, he still needed um, needed Penny, and he still he still needed um, a bit of luck. But he wasn't the blithering idiot he was all the way through the show. Yeah, and I think that detracted from him because I say the generation that grew up with Inspector Gadget. By the time from the time that aired, it was sixteen years from the time that the show first aired to the movie came out. So you've had people who've grown up with this show and are used to him fucking up. Yeah, and being rescued, and all of a sudden you didn't have that. And like I say, you do have. Certainly for me, it was it was huge as a child. It was always there. Like I say, it was never the show where I'd go like, "Oh, I'm a huge fan of Inspector yeah. Gadget," but it was always there, and it was I would always sit down and watch it. Yeah, it's right. not one where I like there were there were cartoons at the time. As I say, where Saturday mornings it would just be blocked. There would be cartoons on every channel, and some would come yeah. on and you just think, "I don't like this one." It's shite. Yeah. I'll so put the other channel, the or I'll, I'll go yeah. play with something else until the next one. Yeah. Whereas if I landed on Inspector Gadget, I would sit there and watch Inspector yeah, it Gadget. Yeah, stay on. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So I mean, yeah, I mean that was that was always the thing for me, and I said the 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 way that the the film cheapened the character, um, I thought was was criminal. They made a second film, which I wasn't even aware of. It was a sequel. Um, none of the original cast were in it. Uh, none of the cast from the first film were in it. Um, it was French Stewart, I think, played Inspector Gadget. Fucking hell. Um, yeah, that was that was how high they aimed it. I think it was straight. It must be straight to video. Um, but yeah, the premise was they were replacing him with a more capable robot, basically called G two. Um, it was a female, um, a female model, and he fell in love with it basically. Um, but it, I mean, he then he then saved the day, as opposed as opposed to the the new model. He you know he got fired and replaced by this new one, and then he saved the day anyway. Um, but so, okay, you. This has obviously captured my imagination. <laughs> so there's a, there's a female Inspector Gadget in the sequel. Yeah, I, it, the, the, the the gadget falls in love with. Yes, it was called G two, and I'm just trying to find so, it. Right in, yeah. in those films, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the films, I seem to remember him very specifically being pretty much taken apart and put back together. Steve Rogers style, and they are like they, they fucked around with every element of his biology. Pretty much, yeah. So that raises the question then. Are they able, does he still have the equipment and does she still have the equipment for them to fuck? And if so, do they have gadget babies? And if so, can we have a third film with gadgetinis? Copyright us. <laughs> because that's where I'm going with it. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not sure is the answer for that one. I'm not sure if, if they can fucking have gadget babies. These are questions that we need answers to. <laughs> making straight-to-video sequel. This is where these adaptions go wrong, right? If you're going to change things, you have to bear in mind that... Okay, the, the original captured the imagination of a whole generation because of our age and where we were at the time. So if you want to do that again, you have to stick close to the source material because it works. Yeah. Okay? And children of this generation will still respond to it. You may have to tweak it here and there, but they'll still respond to it. If you want us, you now have to take what we loved as a child and repackage it to, to fit into our world now. So I want to see Inspector Gadget fucking and I want to know what happens. And so if you want my money, show me gadget sex. Yeah, Hang it's on. full of it. <laughs> you might want to think about rephrasing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've, I've got the, the blurb here for it. Um, so Inspector Gadget was adapted into a 1999 live-action film by Walt Disney Pictures star Matthew Broderick as the title character and Rupert Everett as Dr. Claw. 
As opposed to the animated series where Gadget is bumbling and clueless and Claw's face is never shown, Gadget appears to be more reliable and competent in detective work and Claw's face appears many times in the film. A second film, Inspector Gadget 2, featured many changes from the first one, such as Dr. Bradford no longer assisting Gadget or being his romantic interest, that was played by uh, Jodie Fisher, uh, instead being replaced by a well-meaning upbeat scientist named Baxter. A year later in the movie's timeline, Gadget had begun displaying his cartoon name to glitches by receiving the wrong gadget when he called for a specific device. He falls in love with his intended replacement, the fully robotic G2. Uh, none of the cast from the first Oh, film. wait, so she's an actual robot. An actual robot, yeah. So she's a sex bot. Pretty much, which has been a lot in the news this week, um, I seem to see. Um, interestingly, fucked up. interestingly, Disney and Lynn Pictures are making a new live-action movie with Dan Lynn producing. That was written, uh, dated three months ago on Wikipedia. What the, this is where it's got to go. Like, although if she's I'll, I'll an put, actual, I'll put money on it. Didn't go that way. <laughs> but if she's an actual robot, then okay, we can't. She can't give birth to Gadgetinis. I well, guess I don't know. I mean, this is fantasy. This fantasy, you never know. Um, but but then that comes back to: is Inspector Gadget a cyborg, or is he an android? Now I'm pretty sure in the films he is definitely a cyborg. Yeah, I think. I've only seen it once. I've only seen it once. But I'm sure I remember him starting as human and getting all his modifications and stuff. I think so, yeah. In which case, on a lot of levels, that is quite desperate and needy and a little bit fucked up. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, Um, I want to see this sequel. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see if we can find it. Um, We were talking about Toy Line earlier on. I I did read it somewhere. They had a gimmick with the toys where... Claw had a face, obviously, because they made a figure. Mm-hmm. But on all the packaging, the face was covered by the, the artwork. So you had to buy it and open it to see wow. the face. How fucking cynical is that? That is amazing, That's though. genius. That is amazing. What did his face look like? I don't know. I've not seen a picture. Was he black or white? I, don't I need know. to see. These <laughs> are things that we need to know. I'd imagine being you not know, based on an American TV series that it was you know, white male, middle age. Uh, middle well, I know he was the villain, though. Yeah, but you, you, they, I think towards the sort of the eighties, they were a bit careful about that. You can't, yeah. you can't make all your villains black because you know it upsets people. I oh, I, mean, I need to find a picture of one of these toys now. And see, like, if it were me, if it was me, I would have put a mask on him just because. But then, yeah, maybe they did. So I can't find any pictures. Wow. Um, so maybe yeah, maybe that's a bit uh, that's a bit of research we need to do more of. Um, so yeah, let's talk about some of the spin-offs. We've mentioned them um, quite a lot, but we haven't really gone into in detail. So the original series um, was uh, David nineteen eighty three. It ran to nineteen eighty six. There were two seasons of twenty six episodes each. Wow, it felt like a lot more. Than yeah, um, but it, basically it was it was basically always on. So they had enough episodes to run every week for a year. But I don't ever really remember them being repeated. That's the thing. I'm sure they, they probably were. were. That's yeah. the thing is that they probably were ad nauseum, which don't remember. I really thought it was more like an eighty or ninety episode run. Wow. But there you go, the, the, an old staple of American TV. In 1992, Dick produced an animated Christmas special based on the series. It's, uh, Called Inspector Gadget Saves Christmas, much like Kiss did, and lots of other people save Christmas. In the special, Dr. Claus locked up Santa Claus of the North Pole and hypnotized the owls, forcing them to break all the toys that are being produced. Christmas will be ruined unless Dr. Claus is stopped. Inspector Gadget, Penny, and Brain travel to the North Pole and attempt to stop Dr. Claus and save Christmas. The special was nominated for an Emmy. Don Adams, Frank Welker, Erica Horn, and Morris Lamarche provided voices for the characters. So, a good, no, you're talking a, a good six years after it finished. Uh, it's it's run of new episodes, fairly. So it'd been syndication for six years at this point. They made a Christmas special, and again, it was a very 
dastardly, very bold plan by Claw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was it was fairly typical of what you had in the in the show. Um, then it kind of went downhill a little bit. I mean, I don't, I've I've not seen that Christmas special, but having seen other Christmas specials, yeah, yeah, yeah. the He Man and She, the He Man and She Rock Christmas special, Kiss Saves Christmas, all this sort of hang stuff. Hang on, hang on. You're not dissing He Man and She. No, 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 no. Because that is that is the benchmark. That was the pinnacle right. of some Christmas specials. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was they were all very formulaic. It was always you had to save Christmas because yeah. something was going to happen to Christmas. And I know this was a let's say it was a French Canadian co-production, but it's no. At the time, it was as American as apple pie to have a Christmas special where oh, yeah, totally. your hero saved Christmas. And that was kind of where you went with it. So I'm not dissing he and Shira at all. Okay, that, was the, that was one of the key elements okay. of my childhood. Um, but uh, having not seen it, you can, you can kind of see how, you know, what, where they kind of went with it, how, how well regarded the show was. After that length of time, they still felt there was a need and a demand for it. Yeah. And the fact it won an Emmy, you know, it was it was critically well received as being um, well received by, by, the, by audiences. After that, it gets a bit iffy, and I, I'm not sure how many of these you're aware of. I'm going to read through some of the... Um, okay, hit me with them. Gadget Boy and Heather. What? The 1995 Gadget Boy and Heather series is a spin-off from the original show. The series is about a younger version of Gadget, known as Gadget Boy, but also voiced by Don Adams, so he would have still sounded like he was about 50 and smoked 90 a day. Mm. Uh, instead of Penny and Brain, uh, Gadget Boy was assisted by the resourceful Heather, voiced by Tara Strong, just as Tara well. Strong was in it. Oh, it gets better. She, yeah, she she reappears in. in I know she's in the newer games. Yeah. I didn't realize she goes. Yeah, that she was. Far she back. was Heather in 1995. Um, just as Malibu, as his adult self, as Gadget Boy was usually bailed out of situations by the more practical Heather, though he's helped greatly by his myriad of high tech gadgets and extendable arms and legs. In the series, traditional nemesis Doctor Claw was replaced by the villainess Spydra. In addition, the chief Stromboli had a fax tie that exploded after the mission was read, continuing the running gag from the original series in which Chief Groovy would get blown up by an exploding message. So they kind of went, we'll take all the gags out of the original and make him younger so we can try and relate to a younger audience. They went Muppet Babies on his ass. Pretty much, yeah. But without the success, I'm guessing. Um, Two years later, in 1997, Gadget Boy and Heather spawned an educational spin-off, Gadget Boy's Adventures in History, which aired on the History Channel. This marked the last time Don Adams would perform a voice role for an animated gadget series, two years before his retirement from voicing an animated gadget in 98 and eight years before his death. So basically they went, we can't use Inspector Gadget for what we want, but we want to keep on making money off it. So we'll, as you said, we'll Muppet babysit. And then in addition to that, the History Channel commissioned them to go back. Now, I'm trying to find the Wikipedia page for that. Um, I mean, what's amazing about this to me already is... Again, had 52 episodes. Well, I mean, I, I mentioned that, to me, Gadget had a huge cultural impact, and I, I think it did throughout a generation. I think it's almost a dark horse, and you can see it coming out here as well. Now, there's no He-Man saves history. No, that's right. And He-Man was He-Man. This isn't... Um, it's not like they didn't save history. It was... Um... Actually, no, I'm lying. They did. Uh, in the series, the young detective has to stop the evil spider across time. Um... This sounds amazing. Yeah. So you've got you know, various characters. You know, the v- Spydro was the, the main villain, but then you had Boris, you know, because it's Cold War. Uh, I did Cold War, so you know, dodgy Russian acted def- uh, defects from... Um, uh, yeah, it's basically just... I, I noticed my... <laughs> I am so easy to please. You, you ran through Gadget Boy earlier on, and I thought, that sounds naff. You had time travel. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm in. Yeah, um... So yeah, the, the Undertaker has to stop the evil spider across time. 
So 56 episodes so, between 1995 and 1998. So is Gadget Boy a different character or is this Inspector Gadget as a boy? It's 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 the same character. It's a younger version. It's Inspector version. Gadget as a, as a child. Yes. So he's always been Gadget Boy. He's always had the gadgets. He's always yeah. had the, yeah. And that you've got oh, so he was born like that or created created like that. that. Well, if he was created like that, though, he wouldn't age, would he? Well, Unless yeah, he's a cyborg. I guess he would. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm not sure of the, the mechanics or the the, the logistics. Because yet. surely, as he grows, if the gadgets are inside his body. Then as he grows, the okay. gadgets are... They're going to stay the same, aren't they? Because they're not going to grow with him, because they're gadgets. Yes. So they're so going to be like tiny. Arms. Yeah, no, no. A couple of inches worth of uh, gadget arm. Yeah. Um, but so yeah. it's like Go-Go Gadget T-Rex at that point. His arms <laughs> are like little, <laughs> tiny, useless stumps. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not sure. But, I mean, um, yeah, what was it called? Gadget, um, gadget, Boy, no, gadget Boy in History. You've got... Um, Raiders of the Lost Mummies from uh, from Russia with Gadget Boy. Don't burst my bubble. So um, this is essentially film riffs, exactly like Muppet Babies. Pretty much, yeah. Jurassic Spider in nineteen ninety six. Jaws and the teeth, or Jaws and Teeth. So yeah, it is Muppet Babies, basically. Pretty much, but yeah. With, with Inspector Gadget, yeah, Gadget Stein, as a child. Um, all's fair, uh, all's fair at the World Fair. I remember that. I remember that title, so I must have seen this at some point. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they've basically, uh, there's a Sunday music one I just saw spotted as I was scrolling back up. Uh, what was it? Uh, yeah, basically they've, they've gone through and they've done everything. Oh, these are available on DVD, by the way. Gadget Boys Adventure in History was released on DVD in 2012. Region one only, but there you go. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they really did take the spin off to a whole new level yeah. with that. Um, and that seems to have got them in Elias Alive. And then we've mentioned this a few times, Gadget and the Gadget Team. this I know. Yeah. I vaguely remember this. Because this is actually, Gadget Boy I didn't know about. Gadget and Gadget Team I know was more or less the same team. So I do know, like this is canon. Pretty I much, yeah. I mean, um, it's actually, it's kind of a sequel. Yeah. This was, um, in 2002, the French do SIP Animation, which is um, Sabin, who did um, Power yeah. Engine stuff as well. Um, in cooperation with it, produced 52 episodes of the new TV series Gadget and the Gadgetinis. The series debuted on the French channel M6 in September 2002 and was aired on Fox Kids <laughs> channels across Europe from 2003. It's never been broadcast or released in the United States. That surprises me. I have seen some Gadget and the Gadgetinis. I've, I've, when I was looking up, I, remember, I saw some pictures and I, I recognised some, some of the, the um, robots. The, ro yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Gadget looks like Gadget, but he's a little bit different. He's sort of kind of slimmed down a little bit. I think they've sort of reshaped the face slightly. It's, yeah, it's actually it's quite fucking dark. Gadget yeah, from, from what I've seen. Um, it, it is a sequel and some of the characters have moved on. Yeah. And if I remember rightly, Brain has actually had some sort of mental breakdown. Yeah. Yes, Brain has now fucked off. Um, he's run away. Um, basically, he's, he, by the end of one of the spin-off films, which we can come on and see, he was basically traumatized by gadgets and ran away. He, he wouldn't yeah. be a can opener. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I can remember this. There is an episode of this gadget in the Gadgetinis which stuck out in my mind because I was, I was old enough by this point, obviously, to know what was going on. <laughs> and it was fucking dark. Like, he went to visit Brain and he's like just this, this wreck. Yeah. Um, that's a, there's, a, you know, there's quite a lot of uh, information about it, but... The, the blurb he gets, Inspector Gadget, again voiced by Maurice Lamarche, is now a member of an organisation called WOMP, the World Organisation of Mega Powers, nice. and is now Lieutenant Gadget, now keeping with the, the French and trying to get him away from the Clouseau. Yeah. It's another trope, I guess. He's still aided in his work by Penny, who is now 12 years old, so we've moved on a little bit, as well as new robot car characters Digit and Fidget. 
the titular Gadgetini is invented by Penny. So again, Penny has invented these robots. If you come back to what you were saying earlier, that she, she may well have invented Gadget. Invented. Although if we know now that he's, if he's had Gadget childhood. Boy is, is considered canon, I don't know if it is or isn't. I'm not sure. Because Gadget Boy was a new one on me. So if that's considered canon, then he's had a childhood, in which case Penny can't have created him. Yeah, but I mean, Gadget Boy and Heather um, and Gadget Boy in history, I'm not sure whether if they are canon. I mean, certainly Gadget 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 Teenies definitely is. This is a sequel. Yeah, I mean, Gadget Boy in, in history was um, History Channels, um, so I'm not sure if it. No, Gadget Boy and Heather, what did come from Dick, so it is canon. Okay. So they kind of, yeah, they kind of spit on that theory for us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's created Gadget Teenies um, due to brain running away. It follows the same plot of the original series of Dimwitty Gadget attempting to fight crime on his own while Penny and the helpers secretly do all the work. Dr. Claw, now with the first name George. Uh, returns to the main villain with his relatives introduced in some episodes. In some stories, he's replaced by other villains. So they've tried to kind of expand the universe a little bit. I don't like that Dr. Claw's called George. That's ridiculous. No, in the film. George Claw. In the film, in the film, he was like Stanford or something like that. Yeah. Which, yeah, that was fucking rubbish as well. Um, in the second film, there's a throwback to it as well. He's, he's not named in the second one. But whatever his name was in the first one, his surname is printed on the claw, like that, that name Industries. Right. Okay. So for obviously a Stark Industries, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, so you kind of get the throwback to it without him ever being named. And I think they so maybe took on the criticism that actually we don't want to know who he is. We don't yeah, want to know who he is. I don't even want to know he's called George. That's yeah. So I mean, um, that was a little bit disappointing. You know, who's called George? Um, and the fact he's replaced by other villains as well. So they kind of they've tried to expand it. Yeah, but the fact he's still in there kind of implies they haven't really pulled it off. Um, the production values of this series are significantly higher than the previous revivals and spin-off series, although the original creators were involved. Andy Haywood uh, was one of the executive producers, uh, and Sean Sharp and Rodol co-produced all the episodes. So th- there's there's definite uh, influence from the original, yeah. and they just tried to update it. I think, and I th- you look at I said the fact that we're ro- they've they've got robots in as robot characters. Yeah. You know, you, they're not acknowledging the fact. No, they're not acknowledging anything about Gadget himself. But they're acknowledging the fact that time has evolved and robots are now not they're not the, the wacky robot who does not the uh, who drinks a can of beer and yeah, what yeah. the other No, they they've got they've got robots that are functional now. Yeah. Um so and it's kind of just sort of an adva- a, a nod to advancing technology, but I bet they still didn't have mobile phones and shit like that, which you would have had in the yeah. of the Um so yeah, I mean there was a lot um there was a lot put into it and Bruno Bianchi directed and produced the series. So again yeah. they they no, they They've tried to stick with it. They've tried to update what they had. Mm. Um, I'm not sure how successful it was. I mean, Gadgetini's ran for, let's see, 52 episodes, so again, two seasons. Yeah, yeah had a fair it, run. it ran well. Um, oh, there you go. That's the picture I was looking at. He's, he's lost the um, he's lost his perfect Mac, and he's in like a kind of a, a black robe now, effect, or it's a dark grey robe in, that, in his picture. Well, it's because he's gone up in the world. Yeah, he's a lieutenant now. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah. got this fucking weird... Um, Good weird uh, helmet type thing with the helicopter in it. Yeah, it's yeah. a little trolley. Um, so yeah, um, essential one. They all, there was obviously enough enough love for the series and enough enough love for the premise of it that they kept on going back to the well with it. Yeah, um, it, it it really is a dark horse of these of these shows. Like it's not one that when you start talking about cartoons you watched as a kid, you don't instantly go to inspect a gadget. Yeah. But it's been a constant, and it's always there. It is, it is dark horse, and when it is mentioned, is one that people will invariably love. Yeah, that's not, I don't, I don't think I know anybody that doesn't like Inspector Gadget. 
No, I'm sure there are. If, if you're out there, if you're the one person that doesn't like Inspector Gadget, then yeah, just get in touch. Yeah, tweet us or something. Yeah, tell us why. Because well, I mean, we, yeah, we, what makes you tick? Because seriously, yeah, what's wrong with you? Yeah, <laughs> um, or what's wrong with us? Probably is a better question. Yeah, we're the ones that have spent nearly an hour now talking about a show from 1983. Yeah, so. we only got to the film yet. Yeah. Um, um, just let's not. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just um, just to talk about you said it's quite a dark show. Um, honestly, the Gadgetini's uh, Wikipedia page. Um, while Brain and Chief Quimby are mainly absent from the show, they do appear uh, in pictures in Gadget's house. Each appears as a special guest uh, in one episode each. Brain appears in, the, in episode 36, No Brainer, which reveals that having been traumatised after years of pain while saving Gadget and Gadget mistakenly for mad ages, he's retired from crime free to live in a riverside house which only Penny knows about. The mere mention of the word Gadget is enough to drive him frantic. Brain is also mentioned in the episode Rover. Chief Quimby appears in episode 45, Super Boss Gadget. And they both appeared in the TV episode Too Many Gadgets. Caperman Gadget sidekick from the original cartoon is absent this year. So I'd forgotten about Caperman. He's but a shit superhero, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Caperman, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's quite fucking... You know, that's, that's pretty dark for yeah, a cartoon. You, you give a dog a nervous breakdown yeah, that is, and that's, send him to live in the fucking woods. And that's pretty that's harsh. harsh. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's that was pretty much the... The Gadgetinis, in a nutshell, it was the same old show, but with some really adult overtones oh. to it. Um, and I, I've not seen many of them. I remember it vaguely, and like having seen some of the images, I've I seen vividly remember the little robots. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of hadn't remembered that much about it other than the fact that it was expecting yeah. magic with robots. And then reading up on this, it's like, fuck me, that's horrible. Yeah, it's pretty warped. Um, not in a no, horrible, sort of really bad way, but in, in a sort of really fucking dark and depressing kind of. Uh, this is what you relate. No, this is what you reduce a kid's cartoon to after after twenty yeah. years of spin-offs. I, I mean, it's interesting from from the point of view when you look at it as well. Like, um, if you look at the way animals work in Gadget's universe, then you've got um, Doctor Claw had the cat, and the cat was just a cat, whereas Brain was a super intelligent dog, and he was he was humanized to an extent. He was kind of anthropomorphic, and so it's suggesting that as soon as you give an animal the the ability to function within society. <laughs> And put some sort of human psyche on them, they have a fucking breakdown. Well, let's be fair, that happens with most people as well. You, well, yeah, you but that's what I'm saying. There is, there is something to be taken out of that. Yeah. That's yeah. A, um, just to go back to your early point, yeah, Tara Strong, who plays, who voices Penny uh, in the new version, was, I said, she was uh, Agent Heather in, um, in Gadget Boy and, and Heather. So she's been around the franchise for a fucking so time. So is Heather Penny's mother then? Potentially. And maybe Heather created gadget maybe i'm not sure but so, maybe i'm just thinking about this way too much maybe you are reaching a little bit yeah. um we're not going to talk about the the live action film because it was no we won't yeah um other than the fact that it did spawn an even worse sequel um, i don't know i want to fucking see this sequel there are other films um which were animated which i'm just pulling up now there was um gadgets gadgets of um gadgets last ever caper um there was something else after that um, gadgets, gadgets. Gadgets, greatest worst gadgets. Fucking title I have ever heard yeah. in my life. Inspector Gadget colon Gadgets, greatest gadgets. Released on VHS in 1999 to coincide with Disney's live action theatrical film Inspector Gadgets, greatest gadgets. Takes the format of a clip show in which the gad in which Jesus. gadget has flashbacks as past adventure in the original series using footage from all episodes. Uh, the old episodes, the, the Cape Man Cometh, Prince of the Gypsies, and Gadgets, Gadgets. Maurice LaMarche did Inspector Gadget's voice in the modern segment, marking his first cartoon appearance, Gadgets, who previously been voiced by Don Adams, while Adams had retired from, uh, from voicing Inspector Gadget. Original series actors Cree Summer and Frank Welker voiced Penny and Dr. Claw in the modern segments. So it was basically 
It was a clip show. It was the clip, the clip show because they couldn't think of anything better to do Jesus. and they wanted to plug the movie. If your movie needs that much fucking work before it starts, yeah. give up. Yeah. Um, which it obviously did because the movie was dog shit. Um, and I feel bad saying that because obviously... No, the movie of, was dog shit. I, I, don't I feel, feel bad. I do feel bad because a lot of people worked on it. I don't know, it a lot of money was spent on it, but it was fucking crap. Come on, Disney. It you're was, better than that. Yeah, it was dog shit. No, Call it what it is. No, no, no way you are with your product. I mean, at this point, Disney company's been going for 70 years, yeah. if not longer. Know your fucking audience. Uh, this is this was a very different Disney we're talking about here though, yeah. to, the, to the studio that's smashing it out of the park at the moment. No, I appreciate that, but it, uh, even even then, Disney uh, Disney's film studios or whatever whatever banner they were going under had enough experience to know what they had was crap. The product they had was shit, but they also know that they had a brand that invariably will make bank. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm not sure how much money the movie did. I mean, make, look at but... look at the fucking Pirates of the Caribbean franchise now, which is yeah, exactly. I mean, the first one's great. Um, apparently this this one that's just come out is the, okay as well the, the, but the they will constantly churn them out because yeah, they'll the, make back the, the trilogy of that served a purpose and I dare say we'll talk about it on a different pod on another show somewhere on the, yeah. on the network but I mean yeah there's just you get to a point there's you, they are just doing it to churn out the money this, they don't need to tell the story and the story isn't interesting enough to tell no um, certainly the, the, the fourth Pirates movie um, which was the first one after suddenly when he got rid of Orlando Bloom and Kieran Eileen it was just Captain Jack being Captain Jack for two hours mm-hmm. that, nobody cared well no that's because the problem is um, and this is something we actually identified as a strength in Gadget earlier the problem is that Captain Jack Sparrow is a supporting character he is not the hero even yeah. though it's Pirates of the Caribbean he is not the hero no, he right. works best in the supporting role and Gadget does the same he works best in the supporting role and let Penny do all the heroics and use them for comic relief. Yeah. The second you focus on those characters, you realize that there's not enough depth yeah. there. Yeah, the short story. So yeah, so yeah, so mildly off topic, but uh, what's new? Us off topic. <laughs> don't believe it. Um, so yeah, okay. So after that, then in 2002, Dick released a full-length animated feature film called Inspector Gadget's Last Case, directed by Michael Maliani. It premiered on television on Nickelodeon Sunday morning, uh, Sunday movie tunes. So you're not even on a Saturday, dude. No, yeah, what the fuck? No, know your history. Uh, it was released on DVD and VHS shortly after by MGM Home Entertainment, so it's not even the main Disney brand anymore. They've sort of gone sideshow yeah. with it. The film is about Lieutenant Gadget giving up his beloved but aging gadget mobile, while his arch enemy Doctor Claw uses using competitive uses a competing crime fighter to discredit Gadget and cost him his badge. Penny and Brain make appearances as minor supporting characters. In this, Gadget is more competent but still bumbling, similar to Persona in the pilot episode and, the, and his Matthew Broderick counterpart. This film uses the same character designs as the concurrent Gadget and the Gadgetini's TV series, which debuted on French TV, uh, French Channel M6, and the UK's Channel 5 in the fall of 2002. Oh, man, it was on Channel 5. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. So, really wasn't any faith in it at all. That it no. Went straight to Channel 5. Um, but, yes, I mean, they've, you know, they they kept on churning them out, and you know, Gadget's last case, and then in 2005, after his last case, you had Inspector Gadget's biggest caper ever. So... After his last case. After his last case. Because presumably it was his last case because they were trying to retire him. and One more job, though. Yeah. One more job. Yeah, to come out and retire yeah, yeah. this one. 2005's Inspector Gadget's biggest caper ever was the first Inspector Gadget animated production to be completely rendered using 3D computer animation and returned Gadget to his position as a police inspector in Metro City. Brain and Chief Grimby also return as does Penny, who is now 16. So, jailbait. Um... Gadget is again voiced by Myrtle Marche and Penny and Claw are voiced once again by Tegan Moss and Brian Dummond, while Bernie Mac voiced the Gadget Mobile. I don't ever recall the Gadget Mobile talking. I don't ever recall wanting to see anything with Bernie Mac in it, so uh, 
You've already taught yourself yeah, how to sail on this one. Um, the plot features Dr. Claw breaking out of jail with the help of a specially hired Scottish agent named Bomber Boy. Traditional Scottish name, Scottish name. He and Bomber Boy seek out a pterodactyl to get revenge on his captors and launch yet another scheme to conquer the world. Wait, 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 wait. We can't just gloss straight <laughs> There's a fucking pterodactyl. Yeah. Um, is this a robot pterodactyl or have they all of a sudden like started fucking around with time again? <laughs> They seek out a pterodactyl to get revenge on his captors and launch another scheme to conquer the world. In this film, Gadget is much more stupid, oblivious and useless, and Penny is much more selfish. How is it possible for Gadget to be stu- more stupid, useless and oblivious? I don't know, but apparently he is. And Penny is much more selfish. In fact, neither of them save the day or do anything at all to stop the pterodactyl. <laughs> the working title for this movie was Inspector Gadget Saves the Day. Maybe. Except a- he doesn't. Well, that was it. It was Inspector Gadget Saves the Day, ellipsis, maybe. It was originally intended to be the first in a series of several animated Inspector Gadget movies, but apparently due to weak sales, no subsequent films were released. Well, it sounds fucking shit, so I'm not surprised. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry, but no. A pterodactyl. What the actual fuck? (laughs) I mean, this is kind of where, you know, a franchise has gone off the boil, when they, they resort to, I know... We'll just randomly just jump pluck a shark. Ter- yeah. We'll randomly pluck a pterodactyl out of somewhere because no, they're not extinct. No, no, not at all. Well, no. they are apart from this one that we've just got. He's which, the last pterodactyl, obviously. Obviously, he's obviously been hiding. So yeah, I mean, they kind of gave up after that point. I think they they they, they abandoned ship after that point, which is probably about ten years too late. Probably for the best. Um, yeah. So then it, it all went quiet until twenty fifteen. So you had ten years where they until the reboot came out and. Um, and Netflix picked it up. I've not seen that. I've, I've seen snippets seen of some it. of it. Um, what I've seen, I've enjoyed. It's quite good. I've, I've seen clips and it looks all right. Um, it's got more structure to it than the original show had. It's CG animation, which isn't of the worst quality, to be honest. And to be honest, the writing's probably going to be a lot more advanced now as well. And the stuff we talked about, the narrative yeah. arcs and things. You know, the writing's have... fairly smart. So, so yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a... The, the, there's, there's rhyme and reason to it. And I think the fact that they had that hiatus of 10 years, and it looks now like a lot of the original players have fucked off. Probably some of them are dead, which, uh, which case is quite hard. Certainly, yeah, certainly the guy that used to play Gadget is dead. Yeah, he's, he died himself in five. Bruno's dead as well. Yeah, so I mean, like a, a lot of the driving ago, so. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of the driving force um, behind it has gone, which is probably a good thing because the problem with No, it's not a good thing that anyone's dead. Hang on, we're not, we're not advocating people that. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe. We are advocating <laughs> Hitler's death. Um, yeah. But but only Hitler. No, not only Hitler, I guess. No, I, I, what, what I mean is. In general, good people shouldn't die. Yeah. Well, everybody's got to die eventually. But what I'm trying to say is that for for the good of the franchise, that the fact that the key players are no longer involved, the fact that they're dead is not good. But the fact they're no longer involved is possibly a good thing because you need you can't just keep on rehashing the same ideas as evidenced by yeah. what we've seen with the, with these sort of spin-offs. You need some form of new blood every now and again, some form of fresh eyes, some form of fresh interest to kind of really drive it on and, and help it evolve. Otherwise, you will be churning out the same stuff you were churning out in the 80s. And we're a very different society to the 80s, not just from a technological point of view, not that you have things like phones and smartwatches and all the rest of it, mm-hmm. but just from a point of view that socially we're different, our social experience is different. Culturally, we, there's a lot of water under the bridge since 1983. So we're at a point now where you're sort of saying you need some sort of fresh blood and some fresh impetus. So the fact that you had this 10 year hiatus, all the key players then fucked off and seemingly the only one left involved in the new uh, iteration is Tara Strong. Yeah. She's the only, only throwback to... Who wasn't... Who was who wasn't the, original anyway. Yeah. Um, so she, no, she was part of the spin-off generation. And that's probably more by virtue of Tara Strong's in fucking everything well, than yeah. it is anything else. Um, so... 
So yeah, so I mean that's kind of a good thing. I think that the new series right really owes a lot to the fact that people are no longer involved in the franchise and the success. I mean, I, I did the commission a second series. I've done after. I'm honestly not sure. I've only seen a couple of when Netflix relaunched it. I I was there like a shot. I was just like, oh, it's inspired gadget, great. I I remember it being told about. It and I thought, oh, I'll, I'll give it a look, and I never got around to it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that the fact that it does, that does deliver on, and no, it, it's not been, it's not one of the shows that Netflix has now cancelled because they've started doing that. Yeah, um, I think that that bodes well. Um, we talked about toys earlier on. Some of the big spin-offs, certainly of our generation, have been video games. Yeah, um, there have been some absolutely fucking horrendous versions of video games. Like um, there were arcade games featuring The Simpsons, featuring um, there's some really hokey Transformer games. Um, I think there was, a, I think there was. A, if there wasn't, I may have imagined it, and if I imagined it, I imagined it as being crap, and it could have been a lot better. But a Power Rangers game? Oh, there's plenty of Power Rangers games. Um, yeah. So I mean, there's there's been plenty. Um, there were games based on the Spectre Gadget. Um, I have a vague recollection of an Inspector Gadget on a Spectrum. Yes, that's what I was going to say. The first game developed um, was Inspector Gadget in the Circus of Fear. Um, Shown for release by Melbourne House in the UK in 1987 for the Commodore 64 and ZX Spectrum. Yeah, I remember this. Resembled the arcade title Metrocross. Although the game was completed, the preview copies were reviewed unfavourably by the competing press. It was scrapped on the virtual release. The game featured cameo by the titular character from the Horror series. Uh, an adventure game based on the series in Inspector Gadget Mission, Mission 1 Global Terror was eventually released in 1990. So this is the one I remember and not the Circus of Fear then. I definitely yeah. remember an Inspector Gadget game. Yeah. So there's, there's I don't more. remember much about it. I, 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 I don't remember it at all. Um, an LCD and electronic Inspector Gadget um, game. So remember the little so yeah, yeah, precursor the to the game with all the handheld yeah, yeah. things you got. Um, there was one of those developed by Bandai released in 1984. Um, it gives no information on what it was about or how it worked. Um, a NES game was planned for release by Hudson Soft, but was quietly cancelled. Instead, Hudson released a SNES game in '93 called Inspector Gadget. The game features a rare glimpse of Doctor Claw's face. So what the fuck? Yeah, no. what the Everybody's fuck? Everybody's intent on outing the fucker. That yeah. was half the fun. Is that you didn't know who he was. He well, could have yeah. been. He could have been your dad or your next door neighbour. Yeah, he wasn't because my dad wasn't evil. How do you know? Fair point. Next door neighbour could have been actually because he was a fucking asshole. Um, anyway. Um, years later, Ubisoft released Inspector Gadget, Gadget Crazy Maze for the PlayStation, and Inspector Gadget Operation Mad Cactus, that's Cactus with a K, um, for the that's Game Boy Color. That's an awesome title. Yeah, Mad Cactus, one word, Cactus beginning with a K. But only one K, the second, the second is a C. Um, for the Game Boy Color. Dreamcatcher Interactive and Magic Pockets released another game, Inspector Gadget Advance Mission for the Game Boy Advance. There have been games, there's one on the PS2, Gadget and the Gadgetinis had a spin-off on the PS2, and then you had Inspector Gadget's Mad Dash released on iOS uh, for the iPhone and the iPod Touch by XMG Studio in 2010. So you, and it features the original theme, theme music. Wicked. So there have been spin-offs throughout, no, since it came about, be it no, video, be it yeah. um, films, be it um, TV shows, be it computer games. It's done pretty well. The fact that it's a franchise of pushing 40... Yeah, I mean, that's a really fucking horrible thought. That's 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 (laughs) going to be the scary thing with a lot of these shows. Is Inspector Gadget still feels quite fresh to me, and it still it doesn't seem like that long ago since I was sat in front of the TV watching Inspector Gadget. It is now only well, yes, (laughs) but yeah, I know what you mean. It's it's, it's a show that's nearly forty years years old. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, some of the things we'll look at will possibly, over the course of this show, will possibly be even older than that. I'd imagine. I would imagine they will be. So yeah. So I mean, the 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 big question, is, and I think I suppose the whole point of the last of hour and change is how it holds up watching it now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting one because, um, as I mentioned at the start of the show, uh, of late we've done a lot of cartoon-based fights on who wins, which has resulted in re-watching a lot of these old shows that I loved as a child, and it's something I'm sad enough to actually do anyway. I have a DVD collection with a lot of these <laughs> cartoons on, and I will, I will get them out and watch them. Um, Inspector Gadget, it doesn't hold up to modern standards in as much as there's no overarching story and it's not something like it's, it's available on dvd you can get yeah. the whole show on dvd you would not sit down and binge watch inspector gadget in the same way that for instance if you pick up jason the wheel warriors on dvd yeah. you can sit down and watch that I'm, and I'm, you will want to see the next episode i did it with thundercats when they released the first compilation of thundercats i sat down with that and i intended yeah. to watch one or two and then it and you watch the whole thing because it's got an overarching story yeah. You, yeah. you could do that and it was it was worth doing it because you were you invested in it. And whereas you, you pick up, you put that in, you watch one, and you think, oh, fuck, I wouldn't. If, if you yeah. were going back to it, you wouldn't go back to it. You, you, you'd been to watch it because you wanted to know where it went next. And there was always that fear that if you didn't, you wouldn't get a chance to go back to it. Something like Inspector Gadget, because it, excuse me, because it was episode of the week, you didn't really have that narrative no. arc. You could just say, well, fuck it, I'll watch one and then watch and another six months' time. Yeah. And it'll be, I, I won't have missed anything. I won't have lost anything. No. I won't have forgotten anything. No. And, and that's, I think that's how it's best enjoyed now. I think if you watch it like that, um, like there is an Inspector Gadget YouTube channel. It's an official one. A lot of the episodes are available on there. Right. If you go on and watch some Inspector Gadget when you've got a quarter of an hour, 20 minutes to kill, it's still really good. It's funny. It still feels quite fresh in terms of in terms of its style and its animation, because it's been a long time since that has, since that kind of dick stable has done anything. Yeah. I've noted anyway. So when you go back and watch it now, there's nothing on TV like that. There's nothing of no. that style. I mean, I think uh, Dick itself kind of went off because they had they. Um, I think Saban were their partner or subsidiary, so they didn't. They wanted yeah. to like the Power Rangers type stuff, and they they kind of went that way with it rather than sort of keeping the animated yeah. side of it. Yeah, um, and and there's, there's there's nothing really of that kind of. That kind of throwaway slapstick humour tagged onto this kind of episode of the week format, I, I don't really see that on TV anymore. Everything no. now, because it's so different, it does feel fresh. However, I do feel like probably it's going to be a one and done if you've got some time to kill. Yeah. You'll stick one on and watch it and you'll thoroughly enjoy it, I'm sure. I certainly have done the yeah. ones that I've watched. Have I got a craving as soon as we finish this podcast to go and watch some more? No. Yeah. If it's on tomorrow when I turn the TV on, will I sit down and watch it? Absolutely. You were so, looking for it necessarily. No, I wouldn't. But then, as I said at the start of the show, that has always been my attitude towards Inspector Gadget. I'm not going to go looking for it. Yeah, it's take it or leave it. But it's not going to pass me by. Yeah. I, I think that's a fair, a fair comment. I mean, I so I haven't thought about Inspector Gadget for a long time. Um, as I wasn't aware until we started doing the research for this how many iterations there were and how many spin-offs and all mm. the rest of it. Um, yeah, for me, it was one of those shows that, as I said, it... You're never going to keep up technologically. So when you get serious, and they do look quite dated in terms of the the car that you know the, the cruise that his, car, his van turned into, it was a sports car, but it was a really fucking angular trying yeah, sports yeah. car because that's what sports cars looked at at the time. You know, they they weren't right and grounded, they weren't aerodynamic you know, yeah. the way they are now. So things like that are always they're always going to jar because you're never going you know, to. I say it's a show that's nearly forty years old, yeah, so yeah. you're never going to get you're that. Never going to get it. No. Um, in terms of storytelling, yeah, no, I'm probably the same. It doesn't really stand up, and I wouldn't really say I'm going to go back to it anytime soon. Mm. But it, it, it's enjoyable. You can sit down and pass half an hour with it, and it's no, it's not. You wouldn't go fucking oh, that was shit. Why do they ever like that? Yeah, yeah, you'll you'll forget about it ten minutes later. Yeah, but you'll enjoy while you're watching. That's it. it. I think that's that's the main thing. And I think there's a lot of 
a lot of shows from from our childhood that you look at now and think, what the fuck was that all about? Why, what sure was the fuss we'll, about? Yeah, I'm sure we'll come on to some of those. Not, we, we've created a list, an episode list for this based on things that we remember fondly. That doesn't necessarily mean they're, really that they're all going to be good when we go back and look at them. I have no idea. That's part of the joy of this show. I yeah, think. I mean, we don't plan the show, as you probably guessed. Um, but we'll 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 decide what we're going to talk about, and then we'll just launch into it, and we'll go through various bits of things that we found on Tinder Web, and we'll just talk about it. And yeah. so there's there's no sort of defined outcome, and no, the the question at the end is a genuine one: uh, Is it worth looking at again? And I think the answer in this case is probably. I mean, you'll enjoy it. You yeah. won't necessarily get anything out of it, but you'll enjoy this other 20 minutes you spend doing it. I think the thing that's come out of this podcast for me is that I am now going to spend probably the majority of the rest of my day thinking about how Inspector Gadget and G2, G2. can potentially have offspring. Uh, yeah. So there is depth there if you want it. Well, maybe there's not. You never know what she's constructing. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I couldn't resist. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's... There's definitely something to take from it. There's certainly a level of enjoyment to take from it still this many years later. Yeah. Um, but I think it, overall it's not one of those things that was, I was going to say, go out and buy it no, now. Can we recommend it? it? No, absolutely not. I mean, not. there will be think. other shows that we talk about in, in future, um, which we'll come on to shortly. But there'll be other shows we talk about in future, which we'll say, yes, go and get the DVD, find it online, go and watch it because it still holds up. Yeah. I don't necessarily think this is one of them. No, I'd agree. Okay, so uh, those are our thoughts on Inspector Gadget. So moving forward, uh, I think our format will remain pretty much the same. As I say, we're feeling our way a bit on this one. Uh, but one thing we would encourage is feedback from you guys. We're going to try and make this as interactive as we can. Yeah, uh, on our website, the, uh, the show will have its own page. And uh, there'll be a list of upcoming episodes. So read ahead. Um, I'll say the ones you uh, want to get involved in, you want to speak to us about it. If you want to start a discussion on the show, you want to send us a uh, message, tweet us, email us, you can do it all through the website. And we'll... Um, We'll take it from there. Yeah. Uh, basically, anything you want to say about the show is coming up. Just let us know. We'll read out the best ones that Absolutely. are able to be read. Uh, and probably the ones that aren't. Let's be fair. It's the internet. We can say what the fuck we like. Yeah. And yeah, we're not shrinking violets, to be fair. That's it. So. Um, but yeah, so um, do that. Our next episode, uh, just for those of you who are planning to, uh, to watch ahead or want to get involved uh, from the start, is Batman the Animated Series from the early 90s. Yeah. Um, so yeah, by all means... Uh, Go back, have a watch. We'd always encourage rewatching Batman anyway because it's Batman. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, it, it, we're doing Batman at episode two, which is a little bit worrying because I feel like everything may be downhill from there. Although, <laughs> to be fair, we didn't do Batman for episode one, which we normally would have. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so by all means, go uh, go back to that and uh, have a watch before we uh, do the show and drop us a line. Let's see, our website is ddpodcast.net or you can tweet us at ddpodcastnet. And if you do go to the website, there will be a list of all upcoming shows on there. So if you don't want to watch Batman, A, what's wrong with you? Uh, and B, there's a list of other things for you to watch up there as well. So please and C, do get involved. what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, until next time. I'll get you next time, Gadget. <laughs> <laughs>